0: 10 huddle. I'm your host JR. And today I have a couple of awesome guests with me. I have Zach from Big Ten Football Talk podcast, and I have Russ from the Boiler Express podcast here at Big Banter Sports. Before we get into it, I'm going to let these guys talk a little bit about their podcast and where you can find them. Zach, you want to go first?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, my name is Zach Guggenheim. I am with the Big Ten Football Talk podcast, which is really it's a fun hobby for me to talk uh, all things Big Ten football. Uh, anything from the games to breaking new suspensions like Jim Harbaugh, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, but I just love talking, talking ball. So I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me
0: for sure. And if you don't know, Zach is an Ohio State fan, so he'll be repping the Buckeyes for us today, giving you Buckeye takes, which I know everybody in the Big Ten just loves to hear. So we will we'll love hearing that from you, Zach. Thanks so much for being on. And then we have Russ from the Boiler Express podcast. You want to talk a little bit about that, Russ?
2: Sure. I'm uh, Russ Johnson. I'm on the Boiler Express podcast. You can find us at Boiler underscore express on X and Instagram. And then you just look up Boiler Express podcast on YouTube, Facebook, all all the places you get your podcast, you'll be able to find us that way. Uh, We're obviously a Purdue-centered podcast. Uh, We cover mainly football and men's basketball, but we also, we touch on other sports as well, um, just kind of everything Purdue, and then also touch on some national things as well. So, yeah.
0: For sure, and uh, the Boulder Express—it's a party over there. They got like five or six people sometimes, so um, it's a full room. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. I, I enjoy listening to them, and I love the banter. And you guys get off topic, but it's uh it's entertaining. Listen to y'all. So oh yeah, I highly endorse both these podcasts, and I uh, hope you go give them a listen. So well, like I said, me and Russ, we are under the Big Banter Sports umbrella. You can find us at BigBanterSports.com. We have a podcast for every team for football, and then we're working on teams for basketball as well. Not quite there. Fully yet, but we are getting those together and should have them done by basketball season. If you like this podcast, the Big Ten Huddle, go ahead and like and subscribe. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, even Labor Day tomorrow. We have an episode for you because we are just so committed to Big Ten football in week one. Well, today we are talking all through week one. We will hit on every single game. We might not spend the same amount of time on every game, but we will try to hit on every single game and give you our analysis, our thoughts on the game, what happened around the game, all of that good stuff. So it's only right to start with West Virginia at Penn State. The primetime game, game on NBC, the out. It was huge. It was spectacular. Drew Aller had a great game. The Penn State defense, maybe a little bit less than advertised. We don't know. Maybe that D-line was struggling a little bit. But West Virginia, hats off to them. Their O-line played well, and it was an interesting game. Zach, what was your kind of take on this game?
1: Well, I think you hit uh, the main takeaway, which is Drew Drew Aller. I think may have announced himself as the best quarterback in the conference. I mean, he was spectacular, and I know it's West Virginia is not, you know, they're not Bama, they're not Georgia, they're not Michigan or Ohio State, but he moved, maneuvered the pocket well. He showed good athleticism. His, I mean, his arm talent, undeniable. I, I think on the flip side, you also nailed it. I think the defense. Their backs back, back for that secondary, I think, is good, although they had a bust uh, early in that game. But they they are light up front, and that has been my concern going into the season, especially against teams like Michigan. And I think it showed against a, a not very good West Virginia team.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting to watch. And, of course, nobody played. Alabama or you know Ohio State or anything this week I guess Indiana did but uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was it was still uh, interesting to watch Russ what kind of what was your take on this game
2: Yeah so I'm I'm happy we don't have to travel to Happy Valley this year uh, we obviously played him at home last year and it was a heartbreaking loss for us and uh, like you said Drew Aller was was amazing you know twenty one to twenty nine um, over three hundred yards I, I was a little surprised that Catron Island didn't perform a little bit better. Um, you know, Singleton actually led him in rushing with 71 yards. Uh, but, you know, you don't need to run the ball well when you pass the ball that well. So, um, yeah, it was definitely impressive offensive performance, but the defense definitely left some, some questions. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I was uh, watching this game a little bit, tweeting a little bit about it during it. And I asked the question at one point, you know, is Penn State feeling a little – you know, upset about this game. Obviously they're winning, you know, that was, that was fine, but kind of similar to Ohio state and Indiana. And we'll get into that later, but you know, they didn't strike dominance out there, you know, yes, the passing game was really good, but even, even defense, I mean, they played well, like I said, you know, it's not like they were bad, but they just didn't dominate kind of like you would hope that a top 10 team would, with a team that's getting ready to to fire their coach here soon. And it was striking to me. I mean, uh, you tell me, Zach, if you're a Penn State fan, you feel good. You feel bad. You feel kind of like, yeah first game of the season. How are you feeling today if you're a Penn State fan? Uh,
1: that's a good question. I actually had a Penn State fan that I was watching the game with, and I think they felt a little – they felt mixed. And I think I would too because I think – Probably the biggest check mark is that Drew Drew Aller is ad, is as advertised, but I think the defense, and, and I think even that running game you, you mentioning Allen and Singleton, um, they were they were okay, but they're advertised as one of the top five backfields in the country, and so I think there's, I, I think that the Ohio State Indiana comparison is actually probably pretty. Uh, appropriate because they probably expected and I expected probably like a 50 to you know 17 type of win 55 52 17 win and said it was you know it's 31 to 15 uh without a junk score in at in the last couple minutes so maybe uneasy maybe curious definitely mixed
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't see a single Big Ten team score over 40 points this week. And I don't know, you can attribute that to the first down rules, you can attribute that to, you know, teams just run the ball more. I have no idea, but, you know, we definitely didn't get some of the high-powered offense out of some of the teams. You know, not every team in the the Big Ten is a high-powered offense, but we didn't get that out of some of the teams like maybe we thought – We would. I mean, Russ, you give me your take on kind of the first down and how it affected games. Do you think that's kind of why we had some of these lower scoring blowouts, or do you think it just the Big Ten offenses aren't as good as maybe we thought?
2: Yeah, it's definitely affecting the game a little bit. Uh, Coach Walters at Purdue, particularly, pointed out that it's going to lower the play count by about eight to 10 plays, um, which adds up to about a drive. Uh, But I think it can be attributed more to the fact that there's so many new faces and new places, uh, new offensive coordinators. We uh, previewed our, you know, every matchup we have for Purdue this year. And I think six of the first eight matchups was a transfer quarterback that didn't really have much experience. So I think that's what it can maybe be attributed more than anything. A lot of these teams, we had completely new faces all across the board. We're replacing, you know, their starting quarterback, top receiver, top tight end, their running back room. And I think, we just found out a lot about these teams and kind of how they're going to distribute the ball, what the hierarchy is in their backfields, that kind of thing. And that, I think that's what would probably limited the offenses a little bit, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And the transferring and the first down rule, That's a that's a great point. All right, well, thanks for your thought on that, guys. We're going to move on to East Carolina at Michigan. And, you know, maybe the game here doesn't have a whole lot to talk about, but, you know, we have to talk about The four, yeah, four (laughs) Harbaugh, free Harbaugh. I, you know, of course, and I try not to do this. I try not to let my Ohio State come out too much because I do want to be fair. I do want to be objective, but I feel a little bit justified because I saw fan bases from all over the place kind of making (laughs) fun of it. Um, Russ, I I won't say too much. What's your take on the whole free Harbaugh and everything?
2: Um, It's just, it's, it's almost turning into reality TV in the big 10 where what's the next thing that they're going to do that's going to make you shake your head. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely coming off as very full themselves, um, you know, playing the victim and we were already on their side at the beginning because we're kind of all frustrated with the NCAA and some of their rules and the way that they are inconsistent, but Michigan's taken it so far that it's they're, they're making it easy to still not like them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, Zach, our uh, resident, you you let your Ohio State fandom show here, and uh, I guess rip him for a minute if you want to. What's yeah. your thoughts on this?
1: Well, it's 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 ironic because when I you know when they Harbaugh first got suspended by the NCAA, I like I felt sad for him and for Michigan because I'm like the NCAA is ridiculous. This this removes all of that. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys, like let's have some self awareness here. Like you. Since because you don't want the NCAA to come down hard on you, you self-imposed this three-game suspension. Like you did, not not the Big Ten, not the NCAA, you. And so now you're gonna. I mean, it's and I think Russ here's talking before the show. Like it's not like Jim's not there for most of everything else. Like he's there except for game day, and I I just. It boggles my mind. Like, it, I think it made way more sense for like Northwestern to be upset, like the Northwestern players to be upset about what is going on there. This feels like Michigan trying to channel that into something that is just completely inappropriate and unfounded. It's It's ridiculous.
0: Right, and even though Northwestern did technically fire Pat Fitzgerald themselves, I think you could say that like there was pressure from outside, you know, outside right. schools and sources for that to happen. I don't know anybody that was pressuring Michigan like you better, you better suspend Jim Harbaugh. He deserves it, you know. Like I, 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 I don't well, it's know. Over I mean,
1: a cheeseburger, right? Yeah.
0: Like, well, what, it, what is this lying about a cheeseburger? Is, <laughs> is what the NCA said, which I don't know. You know, I. I also have to think about it. You know, they are college students, and, you know, they they care about their coach and all that. Yep. And, you know, I, so I, I feel for them, but, yeah, uh, it's just – it's kind of a circus. And um, as an Ohio State fan, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, guys, are you sure this is really the team you want running the Big Ten? <laughs> like, you know, weren't things a little bit better with Ohio State a couple years ago, but – you know, I digress. It, it it's nice to see parity in the conference, even though I don't like it happening with Michigan. It's nice to see parity, and uh, it, it's a it's more competitive. So, all right, we're well, moving on from there. This isn't Russ's favorite topic, but uh, we'll let Zach go first, so, so Russ can uh can can uh think about it a little bit more. I'm sure he's already thought about it enough. But um, you know, Purdue goes down thirty nine to thirty five to Fresno State. Um, it was at Purdue. Um, I wouldn't say that Purdue played bad, uh, but I also wouldn't say that they were exceptional. Um, I don't know. Zach, what were kind of your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, when on my picks pod before this slate of games, I actually picked Fresno State to upset Purdue. And part of the reason why, a lot of it was just the uncertainty of. Purdue, but also Fresno State was ranked, I think, twenty-fourth at the end of last year. And so this is not a gimme group of five game. And in fact, I think it might be their toughest non-conference game. And they get Syracuse and Virginia Tech. And I think Florida State or Fresno State might be better than both. Mikey Keene came over from UCF. I thought he had a good game. You know, I made one brutal mistake in the fourth quarter. But in in general, I, I don't think Purdue fans should look at at this Fresno State loss and think, oh, we got beat by a group of 5 team. I think you got beat by a good team. Even though they they had lost some pieces coming back, I think it was a good team. And so I think where you're probably frustrated is you you had this game. Like you had it 2 minutes left, you have a game supposedly game-winning touchdown. Hudson Card, I thought, you know, he had really good moments. Maccabee had really good moments. Um But I think, you know, we saw at the end, the defense, they they lost Corey Trice. They lost a a few others in that defense. And I think you're seeing the losses for them against, I think, a a pretty good Fresno State team.
0: Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think Fresno State's a better team than people are going to give them credit for. Uh, Russ, our resident Purdue fan, tell us, uh, what's your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said so far. Um, You know, we'll talk about it more on our pod Tuesday night that, you know, I think the message is going to be telling Purdue fans to calm down. Like it's, it's okay. You don't need to be angry. It It is frustrating that we, you know, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, but uh, especially after the way we started last season, it's the same way we started last season. I told you guys before we came on, I'm not going to a home opener again, because I can't do a third straight heartbreaking loss at the end mm-hmm. um, to start our season. But, but yeah, um, you know, Fresno state won their conference last year. Uh, Mountain West conference is no, you know, slouch of a conference. They put teams in the BCS bowls before, um fresno state has i think four of the last five full seasons played 10 or more wins uh so it's a a good program um they put guys in in the nfl and you know they brought over mikey keen like you said from ucf that he was he was the real deal um he he played really well uh there's their slants just ate us up you know we're learning a new defense and everybody's giving walters a hard time because he's the defensive coach we scored 35 points and we lost with a defensive head coach but it's a whole new scheme, putting guys in new places. Mm-hmm. And I think the most impressive guy on our defense was was a freshman, true freshman, um, Dylan Thieneman. who led our team in tackles with 10 tackles, had the lone interception. Um, and, you know, if there was a disappointing part of our defense, it's, it was probably just, you know, not playing the right coverages underneath and just getting kind of diced up on the slants. Um, but, but yeah, you, you can't really be upset. As a Purdue fan, you've got to feel like we're still, you know, trajecting upwards. Um, Hudson Card... I'd like to see him use his legs a little bit more. Uh, There's a few times I feel like he could have tucked and got five or six yards instead of just throwing out of bounds or throwing a complete pass. Uh, but he didn't turn the ball over. Um, and then, you know, our run game, running up the middle, we just could not pick up a yard up the middle of the field. I don't I don't know what it was. Um, we, we obviously missed Gus Hartwig, and then our second-string center was actually out as well. So we're starting a third-string guy as center, so that's definitely going to hurt your, your up-the-field running. So a lot of the fans were questioning, bounce it outside sooner and then we finally started it with mock in the second half but it was just not enough so but yeah. i think i think it's good like you guys said you know there might be five or six teams on our schedule this year that are an easier game quote unquote than what fresno state is so um don't feel like this is the sky falling and we're going to be two and 11 or two and 10 yeah yeah
0: uh, there's definitely teams in the Big Ten on your schedule that are easier than Fresno State, not just Virginia Tech and Syracuse, so you're right about that. I was most encouraged, if I was a Purdue fan, I guess, I, you know, I'm not. But I kind of, I don't know, I, I just like Big Ten football. So when they're facing out a conference, I root for them. But I was mo- if I was a Purdue fan, I'd be most encouraged by Dion Burks. I mean, you know, 150 yards, you know, he's only four catches but two touchdowns. Like, I mean, it just seems like Purdue every single year, even with a new coach, they are just going to find this wide receiver that maybe – nobody's really heard about, I mean, Rondell Moore, they, they knew about him and stuff like that. But like Charlie Jones last year, like he was at Iowa, you know, he was a good transfer, but nobody really heard about him. I mean, I do feel like Purdue fans have some things to be happy about here and uh, they just need to remind themselves that it was Fresno state. Fresno state would probably finish, you know, fourth or fifth, if not higher in the big 10 West. Um, And, you know, so Um, And the race is still there for the Big Ten West. You can still compete for the Big Ten West this year. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of the nice things about losing these at-a-conference games. All right. Well, we said a lot of nice things about Purdue. We can move on to uh, the Buckeyes at Indiana, and we can say all of our mean things about Kyle McCord and the offensive line, and I'm sure Buckeye fans will be sitting there saying, "You're right, we stink. This is terrible." <laughs> um, so, since I let uh, Zach go first about Purdue, Russ, I'll let you go first about Ohio State at or, uh, Ohio State at Indiana. Uh, of course, Ohio State won 23 to three. But what are your thoughts here, Russ?
2: Well, I appreciate you putting uh, the IU loss right after the Purdue game, so it can <laughs> help me help me kind of lick my wounds a little bit and feel good there you about go. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, obviously. You know, I use defense seemed to show a little bit better, but that might have been also partly Kyle McCord just kind of getting his feet under him. Um, you know, definitely wasn't the fifty-six to you know, ten blowout we were expecting. But uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think Ohio State fans should be too upset because there's a lot of great Ohio State quarterbacks that did not do great in their first start. So um, you know, you could you could be upset that there wasn't, you know, a higher scoring output. Um he didn't throw more touchdowns, but um, you know, I, I don't think that Ohio State fans should treat the, the sky like it's fallen either, just like Purdue fans. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: And the good news is they have another two games to figure it out before Notre Dame and um, go through that process. So, Zach, you're a resident Ohio State fan. You know, how you feeling after the game? You think good, bad? Otherwise, you got to be encouraged by that defense. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I, I'll be honest. The first thing I thought is, when did Jim Trussell become our coach again? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, man, this is like slogging it out, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, punts the most important play of football. I love Tress, by the way, he's, he's awesome. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm actually not as concerned about the personnel as I am maybe some of the coaching decisions. So I thought McCord had really good moments. I thought, you know, at the offensive line, They need time to gel. I'm I'm not super concerned yet about the offensive line. I thought the defense played well. I I think where I'm concerned is how Ryan Day said he was going to handle the quarterback situation. You know, he said both quarterbacks are going to play and you don't want to yank any of them early because of a a problem. Well, McCord played for most of the game and the only time he yanked him was when he threw a pick. And I'm like, it, it felt, and this has been my, my concern with Ryan Day is, I think when you get angry, Ryan Day and he lets it loose, he's the bet like the best coach in the country, or at least one of the top five. But he gets tight, man, and you can't let Abuka and Harrison have five catches combined for 34 yards. You, like you just can't, and it, I don't care if they triple teamed Marv. Now I know he had the the potential touchdown taken away. But I, I, I just I'm wondering what's going on in terms of their offensive game plan, and why Ryan Day tends. It's almost like he turtles, and it's. I think that's my bigger concern because it's been a it's been a three or four year trend now, so that's where I'm most concerned. I'm not concerned about the players. I think McCord's going to be fine. Um, I think you know, Marv is Marv and Mecca is a Mecca like defense, I think is going to be better. I'm, I'm more concerned about that. Um, and I think Indiana has a, still has a lot of question marks. If I, if I'm a Hoosier fan, I'm like, what did I just watch? <laughs> at least from an offensive perspective, defense, I'm at least a little encouraged 44. I don't I forget his name, but 44 was wrecking Ohio state yesterday.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of been the Tom Allen way, you know, defense, 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 and if we can get the offense together, then it'll be nice and, you know. When you had Michael Penix in 2020, it was really nice. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. And um, I, we're not going to spend too much time on Ohio State. I will have an Ohio State insider from 24-7 Sports, Jay Book, if you know him. Uh, he will be on the podcast on Tuesday to talk about the Ohio State QB situation. So if you want to hear more Ohio State, we'll talk about that more then. Um, but, yeah, IU – I think, I think they have a good defense and if they can figure out this offense situation, we're going to be looking at some uh, some wins that might have been unexpected this year for IU. And of course we'll have our uh, Purdue IU battle at the end of the season, which everyone will tune into. So I always watch it every year. I think it's, I think it's a great game and I love watching it. So all right, moving on from there. Let's get to the game from today. If you don't know, we, we record this on Sunday night, but the game from today, Northwestern and Rutgers, Northwestern at. Rutgers we had the QB battle for the ages Gavin Wimsatt and Ben Bryant both with uh, Ben Bryant had about 169 yards Gavin Wimsatt had 163 Gavin Wimsatt one touchdown Ben Bryant two picks Um, you know this is a game I haven't had a whole lot of time to look at I've been looking at mostly stats a little bit of the game Uh, Zach what was your kind of feeling on this game
1: Uh, I think my first thought is Northwestern is gonna have a rough year and i think that was i think we all knew that coming into the season but i think it just confirmed it i mean the fact that they had seven points I, I don't think that does it justice i think it was last few minutes of the of the game like rutgers i think had backups in uh i i love shiano and i you know i i think i think he's a good coach and he's like the best coach for rutgers and i like maybe this is sad that i want this i i really want rutgers to do well um i grew up in new jersey so that's probably part of the reason why but i and i'm encouraged like i they're always going to struggle offensively but manungai is a decent weapon for them and i'm i am still curious about gavin wimsat i think you know he's athletic he's not very he's not very accurate yet but if I'm a Rutgers fan, I'm like, man, the fact that we could go up twenty-four nothing on somebody in the Big Ten, like, yay, Scar!
0: Lost sack there. I don't know what happened. Let's see. Can't unmute Mike. Well, good thing this is recorded. I'll cut this out later.
2: <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. I was like, uh.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, Did I? You there?
1: Yeah, are you, am I back?
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. It All cut right. out for a second. I don't know what happened there. Um, but I guess we can uh, keep going. Talk again. Are you there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Sorry about me, that. You, yeah, no, that I it might Just have been. Just pick me, up from where you bad. left
0: off. It's recorded, so I'll, I'll put it back. I'll splice it together. Um, okay. But yeah, kind of pick up. I think uh, Manangai, you were talking about a little bit.
1: Oh, Manangai. Um, yeah. yeah Menunga is a great weapon. Wimzat, I, I really love his potential. You know, I mean, he's he hasn't shown much, but he hasn't had a lot of time. You know, his time was cut short last year and I, I would love to see them progress and at least be a competitor with some of the more average teams, you know, see them get up to like a Maryland level. Um, I don't know if that's this year, but I, I'm at least encouraged by the continued trajectory that Shiano has them at.
0: Yeah, I think Shiano's the guy for a job. He had him uh, up there at one point when they were before the Big Ten. And ever since joining, it's just not been the same. Russ, kind of what are your thoughts on this Northwestern-Rutgers game?
2: Yeah, so this is the first East versus West battle in the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's an example of, of the disparity, right? Um, Rutgers is maybe... You know, you mentioned Maryland end up being at their level. Their best, maybe fifth, maybe sixth in the in the East. So, you know, and, and Northwestern's obviously the bottom feeder that they might go the whole year without winning a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Rutgers, yeah, kind of like you, Rutgers is a team that they've got to think: what What if we were in the West? You know, what if we didn't have to play, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan? You know, we could maybe have a better shot at a bowl game. But you know, they got lucky with the schedule; they got to open with Northwestern. Um, and they should have had a shutout, you know, it should have been their first shutout since joining the big 10. Um, if Sullivan, Sullivan did not come in at the end there and, and lead them to a touchdown with like 20 seconds left. Um, you know, they got a pretty dominant looking, looking score there, but, you know, 24 seven just makes it look like, well, you know, Rutgers is going to be right there at fifth or sixth again, but, uh, what could be if they were in the West, you know? Right. And
0: I think I think you have a defense to build on with Rutgers. I mean, Aaron Lewis mm-hmm. is there and Max Melton. I've been high on Max Melton most of the offseason. I really like mm-hmm. his game and feel like he is a good corner, uh, does a good job with his hands. Um, and so I'm encouraged at least by the defense and if Gavin Limsack can keep on this, you know, kind of upward trajectory, you know, we could be looking at a better season for records than people might've thought, which, you know, I'm not saying will be ecstatic, you know, anything amazing, you know, three or four wins instead of two. Um, so, which, you know, I'm not saying is bad because that's, you know, that's getting better. So, yeah. All right, moving on to our next game, Nebraska at Minnesota. This game was on Thursday, so you've probably heard it a little bit, so we won't spend too much time on it. We got the Illinois-Toledo game to do after this. But, you know, just I guess after some of the media, uh, maybe thinking after it for a while, Russ, kind of what's your thoughts on uh, the Big Ten West foes, Nebraska at Minnesota?
2: Well, you know, I I was waiting to see when I could kind of insert this comment, but uh, one thing I think Purdue fans can take away from looking at some of these these other battles between West teams um, or their non-conference games, is that Hudson Card might be the best quarterback in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, nobody really impressed. Now, you know, Wisconsin kind of went all run game, so we don't really know what Mordecai might be able to do um, in Luke Fickle's system. But, uh, yeah, it just – it that game made me think, okay, Purdue's got a shot. You know, it's one of those games that's like, okay, the West is still wide open. Nobody's really dominant on offense. If we can figure out how to get to 20 points against some of these teams, we could, we could get some Ws in the West. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I mean, the West has good defenses, but you're right. The quarterback play is just not – I'm going to say it's not good. It's just nobody really stands out, kind of like you said. And I really do like Hudson Card. I think Graham Harrell with Hudson Card could be a really good connection. Um, out of this uh, Big Ten matchup, Big Ten West matchup, what are your thoughts there, Zach? Yeah,
1: I, I think for Minnesota, like I think Kaliak Manis has really good upside. But, I mean, he's still, I thought he would have progressed further up to this point. But he's, you know, he, it's only year two for him. And so, and really not even year two, because he didn't get a full year last year. Um, They missed John Michael Schmitz, like, so much. I Way more than I thought they would. I mean, their offensive line... They could not run the ball. And I, I think Nebraska's defense is – I i just – I don't know what to think about Nebraska's defense because of, of all the moving parts, and I didn't think they were going to be that good going into the game. So I, I think Nebraska fans were excited about the defense, and I'm like, I don't think – I don't know if that was good defense as much as it was bad offense. Um, If I'm Nebraska, I think there's a temptation – to To be like, here we go again, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. I, I, the thing I would just say is, remember that culture takes a long time to change, and Scott Frost just decimated that culture. Mm-hmm. And so, just because Matt Rule comes in, like he, people were upset about some of the play calling at the end. That game changed on a fumble and a face mask, and I'm like. That's that's where the game changed, you know. So should he have stopped passing the ball? Sure, but th- those are the same mistakes they made the past few years, and it's gonna take a good year for them to get that out of their system. I think, and I think Rule's the guy to do it. He's done it everywhere else he's gone, at least in the college level. Um, but I just I would just encourage Nebraska fans: don't go down the gutter of oh, he's just like Frost understand that this is still something that's got to get worked out. And I th- I think Rule will. I think he's got some – I think he can get a couple wins. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't – it's going to take time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think your concern if you're in Nebraska is not Matt Rule. It's Satterfield, you know, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Yeah, that's a uh, good which point. I, I get the play calling um, stuff. But at the same time, I'm not one person who really – harps on play calling because there's there's just so much in meetings and the list of plays that you can use and everything else that it's like you know you can't call a play that you didn't practice all week or anything so I don't know I don't harp on play calling as much but I can understand why you know Nebraska fans would have been upset with it but you know Jeff Sims he's your playmaker you know you found a playmaker on offense to do some things led the team uh, 114 yards passing 91 yards rushing I mean He's a playmaker. He's going to do some great things. He's also going to make some mistakes, three interceptions. But uh, if you ask me, it's been better than some of the quarterbacks they've had recently. I'm not saying Casey Thompson was bad, but, you know, he wasn't exactly the playmaker that Jeff Sims is. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Definitely not Scott Frost uh, repeat. I think that this team is better and culture is changing. You can see that. So. All right, moving on to Toledo at Illinois. This was a game 30-28, to 28. Illinois won with, I think, like three seconds left on the clock as they kicked the field goal. Uh, I think this kind of surprised some people. I know the Illinois pod on Big Banter was talking about how they, uh, I don't know if they would say they expect to win the West, but they, they are confident in their abilities to win the West this year. Uh, they're really confident in that D-line, but... I just didn't see the dominance that you'd want to see against a a max school. Russ, you're our uh, Big Ten West guy here, and um, I don't know if your thoughts will be good or bad about it, Illinois, but uh, give me your thoughts.
2: Well, for those that aren't um, familiar with Purdue and Illinois, it actually is a trophy game. It's a rivalry mm-hmm. game, so um, it's not maybe one of the well-known ones. But uh, you know, we love to kind of hate Illinois. There you um, go. And then we stole the defensive coordinator after they, you know, had the defensive coordinator of the year last year. So we kind of got a, a shot in on them there. And um, that's going to be a big game for us when we host them because we're dedicating tiller tunnel and um, it'll be Walters versus his, you know, mentor and Brett Bielema. But uh, yeah, Illinois, you know, survived, like you said, at the end there, and they were down 19 seven at one point too. So it really mm-hmm. was, was looking bleak. Um, and, you know, I, you know, if, if I'm honest, uh, I know that Zach's got some nice things to say about Toledo and the MAC, but you know, I'd, I'd say Fresno State's going to beat Toledo by by two touchdowns. Um, you know, I just I think that you know, like you said, it wasn't expected to be close because Toledo is from the MAC and and the Big Ten historically, you know, beats up on the MAC. Um, you know, Michigan State had had their MAC matchup and and kind of handled them, and Michigan State's not exactly a powerhouse right now in the Big Ten. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Illinois is another team that they're kind of figuring things out without a with a new defensive coordinator with walters being gone and if it wasn't for a pick sticks from their defense kind of saving them after giving up 28 points to toledo um they don't they don't escape with that w either so
0: yeah, I agree, and I think you saw some of the effects of losing Chase Brown as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be you can be confident about your defensive line and and the defense and what you have there. And Luke Altmaier, he's exciting. I think Luke Altmaier, you know, he has talent. He didn't really display it a ton, but um, I think we saw kind of the effect of losing Chase Brown and how much he meant to that offense last year. Zach, what's uh what's your take on this uh, on this game?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. It- I thought this might be the best game of the weekend because I and I think you might be right. Fresno State's probably a little better, maybe a couple touchdowns better than Toledo. But I was really concerned about just the the loss, all the losses on defense for Illinois. Cause they lost, what, three out of four that secondary? And they were all high draft picks. I mean, uh Sidney Brown and I'm trying to remember the corner that went five overall uh I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head but I mean they lost real talent in the back end you got a new quarterback you have new running backs you know McCray and Love have been there for a while but so I was really concerned especially with Finn as a playmaker for Toledo so I wasn't surprised by the score um I thought Altmeier showed some things where he you, know, you I, th- I think Hudson card easily right now, you could say is the best quarterback in the West. Curious about Mordecai, but I think Altmaier, he might be an up and comer in, in that conversation by the end of the season. I thought he showed good, good athleticism, good throws, Um, you know, one game. So take that with a grain of salt, but I, I don't think people should be surprised by Toledo just because it's game one. But I am curious to see where does Illinois go with this? Because I think, I think they're just a big question mark to me. I think they, they could be 7-5, 8-4. I think they, they could not make a bowl. It's just I don't know with everything that they've lost and the defensive coordinator. There's, there's just a lot there that I'm, I'm just, just not sure about.
0: Hey, I'm here for it if we have a top three quarterback matchup in the Big Ten West between Illinois and Purdue. I don't know uh, the last time we've seen that happen, but, you know, Purdue, they're known for their quarterbacks. I don't know if Illinois uh, quite has the same reputation, but uh, I'm here for it. The quarterback battle of Purdue and Illinois for, I don't know what the trophy's called. What's the trophy called, Russ? You know?
2: It's the Purdue Cannon. The Purdue yeah. Cannon, yeah, there yeah, you it's go. A so, like, it's like a little two-foot, three-foot long mini cannon. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: there's so many fun trophies in the in the Big Ten. I I forget some of them sometimes. I love the chair this weekend from uh, from uh, Nebraska and Minnesota though. All right, moving on. Thanks for your thoughts on that one, guys. We are going to get into just kind of your thoughts overall. These were some smaller games, but Michigan State versus Central Michigan, Utah State, Iowa. Iowa scored on their very first drive and. I don't know how long it was. <laughs> I know Brian Ferentz was over on the sideline probably ecstatic about saving his job and stuff. You know, they need the 25 points per game. And Cade McNamara looked good. Um, not, not amazing, but he was, he was good. And I think that's what, kind of what you need for an Iowa quarterback. Um, Zach, give me your thoughts on Utah State, Iowa, or Central Michigan, Michigan State, whichever one you want to go with. Kind of what are your thoughts here?
1: I think with with Iowa, are we sure that Brian Ferentz didn't score two touchdowns and say, "Oh, that's good offense. We're good. We're yeah. done. We're just shutting it down." Because <laughs> yeah. that's what it felt like. I I saw I saw us fourteen nothing. I tweeted even. It's like give Brian Ferentz an extension, and knowing that that was the worst thing to say to an Iowa fan. And then they like didn't score at all the rest of the game. I mean, it's twenty four, but I was just like, "What the heck? Keep going." Go. So that's my thought. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. It's like, oh, he was like, Oh, we got there. I I, I think the biggest news though, Phil Parker did not hold up his end of the deal. I mean, they didn't get a defensive touchdown. So I'm sure Brian Ferris is looking at him like, dude, I count on you for at least one defensive <laughs> touchdown a game. Come on. Give me a break here. So uh, Russ, you know, you know the big Ten West, you know Iowa. I, I guess Michigan State too, if you want to comment on them. What are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I mean uh you know y'all said it it's it's like they're due a you know slug it out low scoring win at the beginning of the year that that makes you think that they know how to run offense they they know you're supposed to score on offense and so they they jumped out so early it's like wait 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 slow down we're not supposed to do this at this point in the season like (laughs) everybody everybody calm down so um yeah i I mean i wasn't surprised really by that um yeah michigan state central michigan uh you know it's it's another one of those games where it it was a sluggish start right it was like 10 7 at it literally was, it was about to be three, nothing at halftime. And they both scored in like the last two minutes or whatever. Um, And then Michigan state obviously kind of got some more breathing room in the second half, but um, yeah, you know, Michigan state though, I think they'll struggle to make a bowl game this year too, if I'm going to be honest, but yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I was living for the Michigan state fans on Twitter that were, uh, you know, talking some crap to Ohio state and Michigan and Penn state saying who covered this weekend, who covered, you know, (laughs) it's like, okay, yes, you covered against central Michigan. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but hey to their credit they covered and none of the big three in the in the big 10 east did cover so you know hats off to them um two two more kind of nothing i I wouldn't say they're nothing games but i don't know how much you can learn in some of these games wisconsin i guess was close with buffalo for uh the first half i'm trying to check this here uh yeah so 14 10 at halftime but then i mean wisconsin they pulled away toward the end there you got um Russ, you have any thoughts on Wisconsin versus Buffalo or Maryland versus Towson?
2: Yeah. So Wisconsin, they had 150 yards rushing in that third quarter. That's mm-hmm. what helped them pull away. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when Walters came to Purdue and everybody's like, oh my gosh, are we going to run offense? We, we hired a defensive coach. They know what Purdue is. You know, when, when you hire an air raid coach like Fickle going up there, in Wisconsin, everybody's like, are we going to run the ball? We're going to run the ball. And he's like, yeah, watch this. We'll do 300-plus yards rushing as a team. How about that? And 150 in one quarter. So, uh, you know, that that obviously makes Purdue fans a little nervous because every time Wisconsin plays Purdue, you know, we haven't, we haven't won since the tour era. And they always seem they seem to have a guy that goes off for 250 yards rushing against us. So it looks like we might be in for more of the same this year.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was uh, shocked when I looked at the box score. And uh, Chez, I'm probably going to say his last name wrong, but Malusi uh, Heap, he had more rushing yards than Braylon Allen in this game, which I mean, Braylon yeah. Allen still got the workload, but still, you know, uh, I think strong rushing game, and looks like Phil Longo will fit into the Big Ten West just fine. We won't have to worry too much about that. Zach, your thoughts on Wisconsin, Buffalo, or Maryland Towson?
1: Um, I I was really high on the Tanner Mordecai transfer, and I'm still high, but I'm I'm not as bullish as I was preseason. You know, he, he, you know, he didn't have a great game and part of it, they really did center on the running game, try to establish the run. Uh, But he he didn't play well, like super well. Like he threw a pick and might, some of that might've been play design, but I I would agree with Russ that I think before week one, I actually had Tanner Mordecai as my top quarterback in the West. I I think that's flipped to Hudson card. I, I really do. Um, I, I'm still excited to see how Phil Longo brings in some of that air raid stuff, though, as the season goes along, uh, and they'll need to with a lot of uh, some more high profile games down the road. And then Maryland, I didn't even tune in because it was Towson.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will say Tulia Tangamalolo had a good game. Again, it was Towson, but you know, there's there's credit for going out and doing what you're supposed to do, uh, yeah. because not everybody. Can always do that not everybody and i should say can't always do that not not everybody always does do that so credit to them for that Um, yeah these uh, Monday morning episodes they're going to be a little bit longer normally we try to be 20 to 30 minutes obviously this one got up near 40 so uh, if you were hoping for a shorter episode sorry about that but I think it's I think it's important we go through the games and kind of comment on each one and see what we think so special thanks to Russ for coming on today appreciate that thanks to you Zach a reminder that Russ is from the Boiler Express podcast Zach is from Big Ten Football Talk you can find those on social media podcasts plot are you on podcast podcast platforms for us
2: yes yeah we're on all the all the platforms we got okay. rss feed that goes out to spotify apple podcasts all the good ones yep
0: okay awesome and that's what you primarily run on too, right zach
2: yep
1: apple google spotify yep and social media as well
0: There you go. Awesome. And I'll put some links in the description so you guys can find those there as well. So uh, don't forget, Big Banter Sports. Go to the website. Follow social media. You can find the Big Ten Huddle on Twitter uh, or X, whatever we're calling it, Instagram, all those different good places. So anyway, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Appreciate you. We will have J Book on to talk through some of the Ohio State QB battle and other Big Ten stuff next episode on Tuesday morning. Have a great day.